It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Should the Oklahoma City Thunder bring back Russell Westbrook because he's on his way out of Utah via the buyout? And Kevin Durant is traded to the Phoenix Suns, how the new look West will shape the future of this Thunder season. We'll talk about that on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel, should the Thunder bring back Russell Westbrook Kevin Durant is traded to the Suns, how the Toronto Raptors will help shape this Thunder season, and what's going on around the West. This show, again, is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So if you haven't heard by now, Russell Westbrook was traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz and is likely hurling his way toward a buyout. I think it's pretty safe to say he will be bought out. And this will be the case from now until the end of Russ's career that every time he becomes available, Thunder fans will clamor and wonder, should Oklahoma City bring him back? That's a very valid thing to wonder, considering he is a franchise icon, a top 75 player of all time. He's going to have his jersey hoisted into the rafters. Next to Nick Collison uh, in the Paycom Center. He'll be the next Thunder player to have his jersey retired. I don't think that that's going out on a limb. But the timing for this move is just not right for either side. Let's first look at it from the Thunder perspective. As much as the Thunder love Russell Westbrook, as much as Oklahoma City loves Russell Westbrook, as much as Russell Westbrook loves Oklahoma City, The timing is not there as the Thunder do not have a roster spot open. The only players Oklahoma City could waive without any long-term money is Mike Muscala and Darius Baisley. Now, Aaron Wiggins and Isaiah Joe, they have non-guaranteed deals for the upcoming season, but I'm not sure how much they would have to get paid out if they were to be waived from that non-guarantee, like how much of the non-guarantee is guaranteed. So we're not going to include them in this conversation, but it's also obvious that the Thunder would not waive Wiggins or Joe to make this move happen. And so whenever you start to narrow it down, now it's Muscala and Baisley. And for Muscala, this is a guy that's a great leader that desperately wants to be here, that cried whenever he talked about what this meant to him to be in this organization, to be in this community. And as somebody who is really a, a strong bridge for this team and 
just like Baisley, plays a more vital role and impact than what Westbrook would have. And that's not a knock on Westbrook as a player. It's a it's a testament to the roster construction. You need that random ability for Muscala to come into the game and, and have 15 first half points because he's just drilling threes. You need that more than what Russell Westbrook can bring. You need his drop coverage and the pick and roll more than what Russell Westbrook can bring. For Baisley, Baisley is still very locked in, very attached to this team, very bought into what OKC is doing, both on the sidelines, in the locker room, and on the floor. And as we mentioned with Muscala, for a team that lacks bigs because none of them are healthy right now, and for a team that's going to lack size all season long, even whenever Jerry does return, uh, and whenever Poku, if for Poku does return for that, you know, Baisley can fill more holes for you as a Thunder than what Westbrook can. Baisley will fill more holes and play better in matchups than Westbrook. So if you're looking at this from a Thunder lens, neither one of them, okay, as we as we now have eliminated down to Baisley versus Westbrook, neither one of them will, will have high usage roles. For Westbrook, it's more so based upon who you would prioritize getting minutes over him at the perimeter positions. And for Baisley, it's just more so he's fallen out of the rotation. But of the two... Who would you rather have Mark get to utilize as, as a as a trick up his sleeve? Would you rather have him have another guard and Westbrook off the bench? Or would you rather have him have Baisley, who's an elite defender, one through five switch with switchability? And uh, you know, maybe you can eventually carve him into an offensive role. We've talked about it at, at nauseum that Baisley has a role as a rim runner, as a cutter, but he's just not put in that position or is not adapting that position uh, quickly enough, and, and, the, and the clock is kind of passed on Baisley. However, the Thunder are comfortable not trading Baisley at this deadline. I know that we kind of have been viewing that as a foregone conclusion for the last couple of weeks, but they're comfortable just writing this out into uh, RFA, and then at that point, letting Baisley walk, and, and at that point, you kind of move on from Baisley. But uh, it also wouldn't shock me, of course, if Baisley is, t- is traded uh, within the next few hours. But that being said, for this team with how this Thunder team is constructed, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to wave Baisley and sign Westbrook. And for Russell Westbrook's side of things, now flipping this over, it also doesn't make sense to come back to OKC. Because while he is beloved in Oklahoma City and always will be, while he still loves Oklahoma City and always will, and while it would be a fun storyline and heroic return, if you're Russell Westbrook, you have better options. The Clippers are sniffing around on Westbrook. And while it would be a funny storyline about him and Reggie Jackson, I don't think that that would heavily impact anything. He gets to go back and play for a Clippers team that views themselves as a, as a contender when they're fully healthy. Gets to play with his with his pal, Paul George, again. And play, play with, of course, Kawhi, who, who win healthy. That's a big win-if scenario. But when he is healthy, is one of the best player, you know, one of the best players in the world. Like, I think that that is a better avenue for him than Oklahoma City. It's been reported by Chris Haynes, both the Clippers thing and now uh, the Bulls thing, that the Bulls are also interested in Russell Westbrook. And, you know, Billy Donovan is coaching the Bulls. And of the two, given the granular shift of talent into the West, which do you think, as they sit with the same record, is a more viable playoff option? Would it be joining Levine and DeRozan in Chicago out East and trying to, to get into the East play-in or joining OKC? And there's also pipe dream scenarios out there like, you know, 
Uh, you know, Miami is a team that's always linked to Westbrook, is always tied in there. Uh, you know, a pipe dream of joining the Suns. Like, how cool would that be if you join the Suns and, you know, you, we get a, a bow put on that KD Russ storyline? I do not think that that'll happen, but it'd be pretty cool if it did. So, like, I think that Russ, Russell has so many other options as well to where this doesn't make sense on either party's side of things. And I know that I've been asked about it. I know that it's going to be continued to be asked until he does find a new home, but I just don't see this working out for either side. For the Thunder, they'd have to jump through a ton of hoops to make this happen, and I don't think that they're very motivated to do that. And for Westbrook, he has other options. I truly think that Russell Westbrook can help a team. I do not believe he's riding into the sunset this season. I think he just escaped a sadly toxic situation that somehow every single bad thing that happened to the Lakers has fallen on his shoulders as if he created this mess. LeBron handpicked Russell Westbrook. He handpicked this move. He he blew up the Kings trade with Buddy Hill, which would significantly help what the Lakers needed more than Russell Westbrook. But yet it's all Westbrook's fault whenever he just got traded. And he just got put in this environment. And he did everything he could do. He accepted a bench role. He tried to adapt to those to those different areas. So now that Russ has escaped that, I think that he can help a team. And there's just there's just not, you know, a a right time or moment for this to happen. And if I had to guess, this never happens. If I had to guess that the closest thing we get to a Russ return is like a one day contract where Russell Westbrook signs a one day deal, uh, he 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 files his his retirement papers in OKC, he has a press conference, and uh, th- this kicks off whatever is next for him of all the different hobbies and ventures that he has uh, in front of him. Whenever that day comes that he does retire from the NBA. I think that that's the closest that you get to a Russell Westbrook reunion, but it certainly is not going to happen this year. I, I don't think that it'll happen uh, for the two sides. Now, I've been wrong before. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I read the situation uh, with everything going on right now. Speaking of everything going on right now, the Suns just traded for Kevin Durant in the middle of the night. Toronto controls the West right now, and we're going to update the Western Conference standings, and how this season could play out for Oklahoma City. We're going to do all of that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com right now slash locked on to get started. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel is uh, awesome, and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now, and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet with up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win your first bet. Locked On will help you whenever you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On uh, and also listen to Locked On Bets for betting advice. Uh, and which you start over there at FanDuel. FanDuel is awesome for you to use. Now, you can bet on anything from the money line to the point spread to the over-under, but you can also bet on some fun stuff like who will score the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. How long uh, until we find out who wins the Super Bowl? It'll be on Sunday. And you have a Super Bowl MVP as well. That's a lot of fun. But I like to bet on just the straight-up spread real quick on this game because I really like Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. Give me the Chiefs plus one and a half. You can go bet that over at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Also, the, the favorite to be Super Bowl MVP, it's a tie between the two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Of course, Hurts with nice ties to Oklahoma. So check it out today. Vandal.com slash locked on. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, comment on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Speaking of YouTube, go check out the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel because at 2 Eastern, that's 1 p.m. Central, you can get all of our reactions from all the craziness that's happened up into the trade deadline and through the trade deadline. It's going to be hosted by our good friends Nick Angstead of Lockdown Mavs, John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics, and Pat the Designer of Lockdown Bulls. But everyone associated with Lockdown will hop in there as their team makes deals that are noteworthy and worth talking about. So enjoy the live stream while you're working. Pop it in your headphones. Uh, pop it on a monitor, whatever the case is. And uh, we'll take you through the deadline and wrap up some deals that you might have missed and also break some news for you while you get stuff done. So check it out. Lockdown NBA YouTube page at 1 p.m. Central Time, which is just around the corner from now. Now, the Suns, at like 1 a.m. Central Time, not that late, but pretty late, they traded for Kevin Durant. So the Nets get uh, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, and four first-round picks. The Suns get Kevin Durant. The picks are unprotected in 2023, which I know that the Suns are going to be good this year. Like they're, I mean, they're going to finish out with a nice record. Like they're going to be really good. But the 23 draft is really deep, and I love this draft class, so that's not like a throwaway pick. And then they get unprotected picks in 25, 27, and 29. We've seen how fickle the NBA is. We've seen how topsy-turvy things can get. With the frosty relationship between Aiton and the Suns, with you know Chris Paul continuing to age, with Kevin Durant, you know, kind of uh, being, you know, kind of all over the place of where he wants to play. Do you feel confident that all of them are still in Phoenix in 25, in 27, in 29? Like that, that, that is a really nice extension of these first-round picks for the Nets and trying to, of course, counteract the trade they made for Harden where they gave up all this draft capital to Houston. That's still a terrible trade, and Houston has now dramatically won that trade uh, in the James Harden trade as if it was not obvious already. But the thing for OKC is they play the Suns four times post-All-Star break. Four times. They play in Phoenix on February 24th and March 8th. They play in Oklahoma City on March 19th and April 2nd. That April 2nd date, yeah, that kicks off the final four games for OKC in the regular season. And uh, let's just say if the Thunder want to make the play-in, they're going to have to earn it. We'll talk about that more coming up. But the final four games for OKC against the Suns at home, going to Golden State to play the Warriors, going to Utah to play the Jazz, and then facing off of the Memphis Grizzlies in OKC. And in this Western Conference, I don't imagine that the that the seedings will be determined. Like, I think this is going to be a season where it's all nip and tuck and like almost every spot in the in the ledger for the standings will be determined on the final couple of days of the year. So I don't think that you're going to get any teams resting or any teams kind of uh, unexpectedly not trying in these games down the stretch. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle for OKC, and we'll talk about that more 
coming up because right now let's talk about Toronto. I think that Toronto controls the Western Conference right now. Well, it might not be that dramatic. Toronto bought Yaka Portal at, you know, around 11 p.m. tonight. But they only gave up a protected first-round pick in Kim Birch. So nothing. They gave up nothing. They didn't really buy anything. They just now foster Yaka Portal. That's all they do. But it presents this idea as if Masai Ujiri is comfortable moving forward with this core, moving forward trying to get back in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year and turn this season around post-All-Star break. And while they present that narrative, it then gives them more leverage in the OG talks. And OG Anobi now has more leverage also because teams are going to have to panic after they wake up and find out that the Suns have got Kevin Durant. And so I look to Memphis, I look to Golden State, I look to New Orleans. They have to do something, right? This this West is going to be tough, it's going to be a war, it's going to be competitive, but it's still wide open. As difficult as it is to find a way to defend the Suns on paper, when you have Chris Paul, Booker, you know, KD, Ayton, I got TJ Warren back. Like when you when you look at all that on paper, it's mind blowing. Those are all guys that have dealt with injuries. Those are all guys that that you know, you know, we hope it doesn't happen. Knock on wood, but like they could miss some significant amount of time, and the and the you know, chemistry is still a thing where you're we're gonna jail together and everything. Like this isn't by no means a hand them the trophy moment. They're in a great position, but you don't just end the season right now. And so if you're New Orleans, where you sit on a mountain of draft picks and you feel good because B.I. return has put up a couple 30-point games, you feel like Zion's going to be good returning from health, you know, returning healthy post-All-Star break, like, go make a move for OG. Memphis, you know, you're right there. You're right there. Is OG the move you want to make? Are you panicked at all by the Suns getting KD? And if you're Golden State, you know, you have a lot of failed young, young picks. You can maybe cobble them together with some first-round picks thrown in as well, and go get OG and, and try to win another one with this core. And so I'm not sure if Toronto will or won't trade OG, but if they do, I have a pretty good feeling it would be the Western Conference teams, right? Like, they're probably trading them out West. And that's just another form of the West getting even better for this second half run. I know that mathematically it's by no means the the halfway point of the season, but you know we kind of look at the pre- and post-All-Star break numbers, so let's talk about pre- and post-All-Star break as, as halves in this case. If this young Thunder team is going to find a way to the play-in, is going to find a way to playing games after you know the regular season finale against Memphis, they're certainly going to have to earn it. They're certainly going to have to earn it. Let's update you on those Western conference standings let's update you on who's gotten a lot better in the west and how this season is going to play out from this point forward in my estimation all coming up on today's lockdown thunder podcast the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for joining us today. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Check out the Game to Game Podcast. It's a recap of the NBA from the night before in 15 minutes or less. Check it out today in the Lockdown NBA YouTube page or the Lockdown NBA Podcast feed. Now, it's not just the Suns who got better. A lot of teams out West got better. So to brief you on what's happening so far, the Thunder are currently tied for a play-in spot. They are two games back of the sixth worst record in the NBA. They're two and a half games back of the sixth seed in the Western Conference. And it's a safe assumption that the Thunder are not going to make any moves and they're not going to bolster this roster between now and the trade deadline this afternoon. And so while the Thunder roster is what it is at this point, they're not going to make any moves. Other teams have heavily altered their roster already. And we're not even at the deadline yet. So Utah, who is tied with OKC right now in that play in that final playing spot, they just gave away Mike Conley. They gave away Vanderbilt Beasley. And all they got back was Juan Scott Anderson and Damian Jones. And they got back a great first round pick. But it feels like Utah is more comfortable slipping back. Slipping back and increasing their lottery odds. Because since the teams are tied, you know that I just told you, Utah is also just two games back of the sixth worst record. And they're four and a half games back of the fifth worst record. So it's not unreasonable to imagine that Utah can get top five lottery odds. And so that's one area where it kind of eliminates a team from the hunt, if you're OKC, if things go where we think they'll go for Utah the rest of the way. But the Lakers, I think, got a lot better by adding D'Angelo Russell, by adding uh, Malik Beasley, by adding Jared Vanderbilt. I think that the Lakers got a lot better. Portland did a swap for Josh Hart and Cam Reddish. I mean, we'll see how that goes. You play Portland on Friday with the same record. That's a game where it's in Portland, and it's a game where, yeah, you've got to win it if you want to stay in this heavily competitive playoff race. Uh, I think that Minnesota you know, got better by adding Conley, uh, and I still am a, a firm believer in uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. You can argue me on that one. I wouldn't. It's not a hill I want to die on by saying that they got better, but I think that they got better. And I could be wrong for sure about about Minnesota, but I think that Conley does get them better. And then if you're New Orleans and Golden State and Memphis, you have the ammo. I think to go land land OG. If you're Dallas, you just added Col- you know you just added Kyrie, you added Kyrie Irving, and he looked phenomenal in his debut against uh, the Clippers. Now, luckily for OKC, they do not play Dallas anymore in the regular season, but. Dallas is not going to be a team that, that is slipping, it doesn't look, look like. And for the Suns, you just added Kevin Durant. It's like, there's, we're not at the deadline yet. We're still 10-something hours away from it. And a lot of West teams got a lot better. And for the Thunder, it makes you wonder, how is the rest of the season going to pan out? Well, folks, to make the play-in, this will be even more impressive for OKC. If this young team, the second youngest team in NBA history, can do it the youngest team in the NBA right now can do it because the Thunder only have five games left. Count them. One, two, three, four, five. Five games left against the Eastern Conference. Of their final 28 games, five of them are against Eastern Conference teams. They're going to be playing a lot of games against this highly competitive West. They're the youngest team in the NBA, second youngest team in NBA history. The West is an absolute bloodbath right now. And 
as I mentioned before, I can envision, I cannot envision a world in which a lot of these spots are locked up to where I think that every game is going to matter the rest of the way. And every game is going to, to shift and turn upside down these standings. And with that being said, young teams typically struggle to win games, struggle to close out games, struggle on the road. They play 14 road games and 14 home games coming up uh, in the next in, in the next portion, you know, from this point forward um, for the rest of the season. And you're left wondering, will the Thunder make the plan or not? I think that one thing is certain. They're not going to tank. And, and I only say this because you can say they're not making the play in. That's a reasonable guess and a reasonable opinion and a reasonable belief is that they're not going to make the plan because they're a young team and the West is incredibly loaded. But I, I do not like the idea of calling it tanking because to me, tanking implies this big, mysterious Wizard of Oz behind the curtain planning everything and orchestrating everything. Whereas I think that this team will have an organic record. Like I think that when we you know, turn in the, the you know, schedule with the wins and losses circled at the end of the year, they'll all be games the Thunder wanted to win, but for whatever reason, the other team's just better, the Thunder had some late young mistakes, whatever the reason is, they lost the game. I, don't, I think that this will be a truly organic rest of the season. And they could continue to surprise us. They could continue to surprise us and, 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 and find their way into the play-in and find their way into the postseason, or... They could end up with the sixth best lottery odds, which would be the sixth worst record in the NBA. And either option is incredible for the Thunder future. Because if this young Thunder team finds a way in this Western Conference to play a game after that Memphis regular season finale, that should light your soul on fire for this Thunder team. And if this Thunder team falters and finds themselves closer or at the sixth worst record in the NBA... That should incredibly excite you because then at that point, you have a prime pick in a loaded 2023 draft and all the ammunition in the world to go trade up further in that draft. Well, you can't trade up to one and two. You can certainly trade up to three. And let's just say you get to that sixth worst record. You would have a 37.2% chance of leaping into the top four and a 9% chance at getting the first overall pick. And so I think that this will be an organic rest of the season. And I think that we'll see what direction this takes. You should just sit back and enjoy the ride. I think that you'll truly see fun, exciting basketball the rest of the way. I can't promise you wins and losses. I can promise you fun, exciting. And I'll stand on that even as we see the West get better and better and better. So what do you think about this team? Where do you think that they're going to finish in the standings? And... What are your thoughts on Russell Westbrook? Let me know down below. On Friday's show, we'll recap any other big trade deadline moves uh, as well as answer your mailbag questions. And then on Saturday's show, we're going to recap that Portland game that happens Friday night in Portland. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the Locked on Thunder podcast anywhere you get your podcasts from. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.